Hello, this is episode 273 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Nisha O'Reilly. So this podcast is on the maternity ward to my door. I thought I'd record a heavy podcast on a weekday rather than a Sunday for a change. So again, this is a topic I've not really been speaking about, except with every parent I do the initial calls with. And it's become a question that I ask, did you have a difficult birth? Was there any trauma? Was there a backstory? And the answer is always yes. It's as if this whole series of podcasts has been inspired by reading an Alice Walker book, We Are the Ones We've Been Waiting For. And I'll put a link in to the book and also to a little extract on Google Books. I hope she doesn't mind. But maybe it'll encourage you to get the book and read it fully. But it's an experience of being present at a birth. And it's the most sort of holistic description I've read, the supportive one, where you have a room full of people who are involved in the birthing process. And I guess it's the complete opposite to what I'm listening to and what I'm experiencing talking to families. I had such high hopes for lockdown last year. I thought it was a reset switch for humanity, a regroup, back to basics, a reconnection. And now, if I'm honest, I'm not sure I want to be doing this work in six years' time. Because if what I'm dealing with now is traumatic and the experiences that people have had prior to lockdown and prior to COVID, I'm horrified to think about what's on the other side of this. The reality in Ireland is that we have people by the thousands at sporting events in Crow Park and we have no support in the delivery ward for the mother. I've heard a series of very worrying experiences, especially for first-time mothers birthing during this time. And considering the trauma that's present in a lot of my work and it being the basis for a lot of what I do, I'm really worried about how people are bonding. I'm very worried about how separated families have been. I've begun in recent weeks to really realise the sense of fortune in being able to be bonded to my parents and being able to spend time with them. And yes, there's been choices to be made by all of us to navigate that. And for other friends of mine as well, they've also made choices to navigate being able to see vulnerable people in their lives. But we've navigated it rather than being in complete isolation. And I do worry about the lack of generational bonding that's taken place during this time as well. And just the lack of support structure. So in a lot of the cases, there's been a a trauma of delivering a baby, often without the support of a partner. And it's ironic that we're kind of going back to a stage in Ireland where the partners are staying outside because that used to be the case that the men went to the pub and waited for the news. In fact, my mother is named after the pub that my grandfather sat in. But there are big implications psychologically and in terms of feminism moving forward and in terms of support of women for the sort of choices that have been made during the pandemic which haven't really been questioned or spoken about 
it suits people to step back and to not basically rise up to the responsibility and the partnership and the team of the birthing process. It's much easier for them to stay outside. And many families that I work with are turning to home births in order to create a holistic and supportive environment for their child to be born into. That they're seeing that as the only way to do that, to fully have control over what is happening in the environment and the sort of first moments and the bonding. And I have seen a marked difference in many families who have gone down that route and in the sort of family life they have and the sort of connection. So I can't doubt it. But that I, I do realise that home births is not for everybody. There are many choices to be made within that. And it, it's, it's just not something that everybody wants to experience. But I remember having a conversation with a midwife a number of years ago about the sort of way that women were being treated in a maternity hospital in Ireland. And there was a sense of taking out the scalpel to women and it being quite a butchering process, quite a clinical one. There was a lack of connection. Our attitudes to women were that, you know, we're still very much wrapped up in how the church has treated women in this country. They shouldn't have enjoyed the process that got them to conceiving the child. And they certainly weren't expected to enjoy intimacy after having had a child. And there are big implications to that because I see a lack of bond forming between partners after a child is born into a family. And that has a big impact, which I'll talk a bit about in a few minutes. I'll go back to that. And our reaction to premature babies is back in the Stone Age. And that's been particularly horrifying during COVID. There has been a total lack of skin-to-skin contact. There's been a total lack of time spent with these newborn babies and lack of facilitation in connection forming. Many of the students I work with are premature babies. I see some very specific personality challenges associated with premature babies later on. And we've got that to an even more extreme place during the pandemic. Whatever lack of discussion that's taken place and a lack of involvement often to parents in explanation or what's happening or what's taking place for their premature baby that's taken away from them and put into a sort of a sealed box that they can't touch. That's gone to a new extreme during the pandemic. I think there's been even less contact or even less consultation. And that's across the board for all of the medical profession in many different ways. I've seen that throughout the year, even with my own family, in how they have got to interact with even the local GP. So there are many parts of this where people have gone into a very intellectual analytical mind space to work through a process and forgotten to bring the human element into it. And 
this is a human element that builds connections in families for life and connections and bonds between mother and child and between the parents of the child and the sort of team that they form and their sense of secureness. There's a real sense with premature babies of overprotecting the child too because they often leave the hospital with a very low opinion of what's capable for them. And very recently I met a very a, a really beautiful little girl who was a premature baby and she was so small that her head was the size of a tennis ball. And she is this really sensitive, glowing little girl now who was perfectly capable of taking my hand and bringing me over to show her, show me her favorite car and tell me all about it and, you know, what she wants to be when she grows up. And she's this completely capable human. And I often find myself having these conversations with parents that, you know, the premature children are ahead, they're not behind, but they leave with this whole sense that their development for life is stunted and this sense of needing to completely overprotect and not have expectations of their child. And I think the pandemic has just added another layer of disconnect to that process and another level of worry and another level of vulnerability that we're not navigating at all. But there's a bigger impact that I see happening for many women in this process because the maternity ward is such a debilitating place for them. They lose their voice, they lose their sense of power. They're afraid to, it's not even that they're afraid to be vulnerable, they're mocked for being vulnerable and sensitive and overfeeling. They're seen to not be strong enough for the birthing process. There's so much judgment in all of the conversations I have. There's so much judgment of them at that time and what they can and can't do and what they did right. And, you know, why can't you just get on with it and push the baby out almost? And if anything, slightly left fields takes place, which there are many reasons for that. I think it's probably a much bigger conversation on that, on, on what birthing reminds women of often and how many wild cards can be present in that moment. So there's no sensitivity to any of that. Women then become afraid to say that they need support or need help. And what I often see is that they they kind of turn into sergeant majors because they're expected to be hard and unfeeling and unemotional. And at this most profound moment in their life, they weren't allowed to have vulnerability. They're not facilitated to have intimacy afterwards either. And they don't feel good about themselves. And they often don't get time for self-care and beautifying themselves and making themselves feel good, never mind about how they look. That all of that wraps up into how they then treat their partners. And I wrote this line in, in one of the books that I've written about how women behave specifically towards their male partners. What they look as terrified to the CEO when a request was made of them. It's amazing how incompetent a woman in ego can make a man feel. And because women have had such a traumatic time and they've been asked to be something that's unnatural, they come out the other side of it being in a very masculine space themselves and trying to pretend to be something they're not. Everybody's pretending to be something they're not. 
and they become incredibly bossy and debilitating to the other people in their worlds that they're sharing this world with, and they don't form a team. They don't ask for help because they're afraid to. They make demands, and then specifically the male partners feel very intimidated by this, and they don't know what they're doing either, and they struggle to make a connection as well. And now, during the pandemic, they've been left out of the maternity ward too. They haven't been asked to be part of this process. It's all completely alien. They may have been uncomfortable to be there before, and they may not have always known the right things to do, or they may not have known how to speak up for their partners, but now they haven't been part of it at all. And so I really worry about the dynamics that are taking place. In recent weeks, I've been seeing people sharing all about women and children in Afghanistan. And I'm not saying that their plight is not horrendous for the world to watch and that we, we don't need to share it. But we need to look closer to home. We can actually speak out here. We can ask for something different. We do have rights. We do have a voice. And there's how little women are using that on the maternity ward and how little their partners are backing them up. And there's a sense for me in what, what excuses do you have? Those moments set the tone for life. They really do. You have no idea how much of my work and very traumatic work within families, very difficult situations that people live in, very violent situations, all of this begins in these moments in the maternity ward. And so I don't know what I'm going to see in six years' time because we set up the ultimate dysfunction during this time. And everyone seems to have forgotten that they have a voice. Unlike those women in Afghanistan who were watching them lose their rights, women do have rights here. They're just not speaking out. And many of them, their solution is to actually leave the maternity ward and take the process to a home birth in order that that being the only way that they can create what should be completely natural in the world.